uh, Mike Carmen, uh, beat writer for the Purdue football team. Uh, as the Boilermakers get ready for Saturday's matchup against uh, Northwestern, uh, Purdue keeping those slim, slim bowl hopes alive uh, by beating Nebraska last week, 31-27, to on the heels of uh, another backup quarterback coming in, Aiden O'Connell, uh, led the game-winning touchdown drive. Uh, so Purdue will try to keep those bull hopes alive uh, another week as they travel to Evanston. Uh, unfortunately for the Wildcats, there will be no bowl game. Well, I guess there there could be uh, if they're five and seven and they have the APR, which you know they always have strong APRs. But I'm not sure that's a focus uh, uh, up there. Uh, but uh, joining us uh, today, uh, Andrew Golden from the Daily Northwestern. He is a uh, the sports editor for the Daily Northwestern. He's been kind enough uh, to join us uh, for today's podcast to get a get a breakdown of uh, what, what's going on with the Wildcats. So, uh, Andrew, first of all, thanks for joining us, and uh, are you having a good day so far? You know, I'm, 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 thank you for having me. I'm, I'm having a pretty good day for the most part. The Cats aren't playing, so I, I, I guess it's always a good start. <laughs> All righty. Well, let's uh, let's jump into this. A uh, lot of problems offensively. They've had a lot of quarterbacks, or a couple quarterbacks. They've had some injuries. So, why why are they at the point where they're at right now? Well, I mean, you know, you know, as as you talked about, you know, I think the quarterback play has been the main issue or the main struggle. Um, you know, Purdue's had their share. You know, having to use backup quarterbacks, and uh, we've kind of had to do the same. Um, you know, in the preseason, it was a battle between Hunter Johnson and T.J. Green. Um, T.J. Green goes down the first game, and it's Hunter's job. Um, but then Hunter gets injured, too. Um, so then Aiden Smith is a backup, and he comes in. Um, and then they continue to play Aiden Smith, even when Hunter seemed healthy. Um, and then we found out recently that Hunter was having some family family issues, which is why he wasn't playing. Um, but he saw the field last week and then got injured again. Um, so... I think that's the main problem. You had Clayton Thorson in the past, and he gave the consistency, but now um, it's a matter of finding some continuity at quarterback. So what's the status this week? Do you know that who's go, who's going to start and who's going to take a majority of the snaps? Um, we don't we, we don't know. Pat Fitzgerald hasn't really made it clear who's going to be the starter. Um, if I were to guess, I'd probably say it would be Hunter, um, but I wouldn't be surprised to see both. Um, Hunter's been dealing with, I mean, he, he got injured against Wisconsin, a leg injury. Um, and then he also had a, seemed, seemed like maybe he hurt his ribs against Wisconsin on a hit too. Um, I couldn't really tell exactly what happened on that play, but I think they said it was a, a leg injury. And I think it's again what happened, um, this weekend too. And Hunter's from, uh, Indiana. Uh, <laughs> so he would probably, uh, want to, want to play in this game as much as possible. Uh, and I know when uh, he left uh, Clemson, uh, he did visit Purdue, uh, but it was pretty much a foregone conclusion that he was probably going to go to Northwestern. And the reason guys transfer is so they can get playing time. And there, there, there wasn't going to be that kind of playing time, uh, at least guaranteed, uh, here at Purdue. So uh, he ended up at Northwestern. I believe he had a he has a brother on the team or did have a brother on the team. Is that correct? He did. He did have a brother on the team in the past, an older brother. So it did, it, it did make sense for him to, to transfer to Northwestern. It's just unfortunate he's not been able to get his career off uh, to a good start. Uh, aside from the quarterback issues, though, um, does this team lack playmakers? Uh, are they having issues on the offensive line? Kind of kind of break down beyond the quarterback where, where these offensive struggles have come from. 
Um, I think it has to do with with injuries that happened early on in the season. Uh, Bennett Skoranek got hurt um, early on, and Isaiah Bowser. Isaiah Bowser was our was our lead running back last year. Um, he kind of shined in the second half of the season. He was uh, due to have a breakout year this year, um, and then he got hurt against Stanford. It hasn't really been the same since. Um, he's probably only played in bits and pieces of maybe three three or four games since Stanford. Um, but only been able to play a couple of possessions. Um, and the Bennett Skoranek was our number one wide receiver, and he went down with a leg injury. Um, and he's out indefinitely, and I, I don't really see a scenario where he comes back this season. He's a senior. Uh, I assume they'd redshirt him if they can or do the medical redshirt. Um, but, you know, I just think that they don't really have a lot of playmakers around the quarterbacks. Um, we've seen a little bit of um, a little bit of life from Drake Anderson, who's uh, – his, his dad was Damian Anderson, one of Northwestern's best running backs in, in Northwestern's history. Um and wide receiver Riley Lee has been a, t- a target, but I think they're just lacking playmakers, a consistent person to go to on offense. How much have the offensive struggles just kind of frustrated the team in general? I think I think they're generally frustrated. I mean, they haven't they haven't scored a touchdown in in, in, a, in a month at this point. I mean, they're they're dead last in points per game in the whole FBS, um, 128th in total offense behind only Akron and, and Old Dominion. I mean, it's just. It's, I think everybody's just kind of frustrated. Wants to you know get get into the end zone. I mean, I, uh, Pat Fitzgerald said they haven't they haven't scored a touchdown since since Kennedy was president. I think is what he said in his press conference on Monday. Um, I, I forgot exactly what he said, but you know I think everybody's aware it's been a long time. I think it's just a lot of general frustration the fact that they can't seem to get it together um, from from everybody from you know players in the team to coaches to fans um, to reporters. I mean, it's just <laughs> we we all want to know why why they can't score. Well, if they hadn't scored a touchdown since the Kennedy administration, then he would not be the coach. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> could... Exactly. No, no, fortunately, it hasn't been that long, but, but it, I mean, that's, that's definitely what it feels like. Well, I did I did look up. Uh, they haven't scored a home touchdown since uh, Michigan State uh, in yeah. September. Uh, so they, they've, they've gone on uh, quite quite the long uh, uh, dry spell of, uh, of getting into the end zone, and they've played some – they played some tough competition, as all Big Ten teams do, and the Ohio State game was one that w- was going to be an uphill battle for them. But you know, I, I, w- I would guess when they left, I know they got beat by Michigan State that day, but when they left that game, um, I mean, they had a decent amount of yards rushing against one of the top defenses in the in the Big Ten. Uh, they showed a little bit of life, but they just is it just a matter of just putting some consistent performances together, or as you mentioned, the injuries are just kind of too much for them to overcome right now. Injuries are just struggling to find uh, find continuity. Um, I, I think that they have they have the ability to you know get a couple of first downs on a drive, maybe get to the forty, get to midfield, and then something kind of just doesn't click or stalls. Um, it could be the play calling. Uh, you know, there, there have been a lot of people who have been very at you know very active about talking about you know letting our offensive coordinator Mick McCall go. Um, I, I just I just think it's a matter of they just haven't been able to find the right plays to kind of just get them going and find their rhythm. I just I think it's a combination of injuries. I think the offensive line has been playing well. I do think that is uh, if there's any bright spot, I think the offensive line has been pretty solid. I mean they haven't been great, but they haven't been the reason why we've been struggling. We're visiting with uh, Andrew Golden, sports editor of the Daily Northwestern, as uh, we get ready for Saturday's 
uh, Purdue-Northwestern game in Evanston. He's a junior. He's from Baltimore, but he's an Atlanta Braves fan, FYI. But he is happy that the Nationals won the World Series because he has family connections in, in that area. So whether he gets a, a Nationals World Series hat, I don't I don't know. Maybe he I don't will. know about that. Uh, maybe under, maybe under the Christmas tree this year you'll get you'll get something. Uh, let's talk defensively because uh, their defense has kept them in uh, almost every game. Uh, what uh, they've got, you know, they've got some talent on that side, and they've been, you know, in the in the matchups against Purdue uh, the last few years, they've just they've kind of won the line of scrimmage on the defensive side. But uh, what what have you seen from that group, and um, how, how you know just how much have they have they kept kept the team in in every game i think i think the defense was doing a great job early on the season of keeping keeping the cats in the game um when the offense was struggling but i think now you're seeing the defense go through some injuries themselves um especially on the defensive line and the cornerback and it's uh it's, it's causing issues um but i still think they're solid they're led by joe gaziano on the def- uh at defensive ends um, their linebacking core is always solid. They have the trio of uh, Blake Gallagher, Patty Fisher, and Chris Bergen. They've always been solid. Um, and their safeties, Travis Willock and J.R. Pace, have kind of been good anchors in the back. Um, but like I said, the, the they've had they're very inexperienced at cornerback, um, and without they, they they've had injuries with, with Trey Williams, who's a senior. He's been injured. Now Greg Newsom, who's a sophomore, is one of our best corners out for the season. Um, so I think we're just struck, we're struggling just to stay healthy on that side of the ball. Are they getting worn down in games because they're on the field too much? I, I, I think that has something to do with it. I mean, you know, they get, they get 34 points to Indiana, you know, 20 to Iowa, which still isn't bad considering how, how poor our offense played in that game. But, you know, you look at 52 against Ohio state, um, you know, these last couple of games have been kind of rough. And I think it starts to take your toll on the team when, you know, you're, you're on the field for the majority of the game when your offense just can't produce. Uh, from a special team spo- uh, standpoint, what what have you seen out of this group? And you know, I'm sure the punter's busy, uh, but uh, have have they been able to to put together any big plays on special teams that can flip field positions or you know at least change change the momentum in a game? So we we start off the season with with with, with Daniel Kubiak, who was a grad transfer, um, and he he was a, he was a, he was playing pretty solid. You know, he, he was he was having a lot of good punts. And then all of a sudden, the past couple of weeks, we switched to Andrew David um, at puncher. And not really sure exactly what the reason is behind that. Um, I think it's just a matter of, of, of who they want to put out there. But both of them have been pretty solid. I wouldn't say they've, they've done anything drastic to flip the field. And I don't think our special teams has done anything particularly well. But I think that also has to do with the fact that we have to get down to that part of the field to, to make it impact. And, you know, we haven't really seen our, our kicker do that much because we have to be on that side of the field. And Pat Fitzgerald tends to go for it. Um, in the 30s and 40s area versus kicking it. Um, but I don't think our special teams have done anything in particular to really stand out, if that makes sense. So, I mean, I, you, before we started, you told me this was your first year covering the program. And, you know, last year they won, uh, you know, the Wildcats won the, the Big Ten West, played in the Big Ten championship game. And just what, what is, you know, you're, you're around the students, you're on campus every day, but just kind of what's the, is there, is there any pulse for this, for this team right now on campus? Not, not necessarily. I mean, you know, you know, like, it, it, you know, we're not known for being a big football school as it is, and you know, we expect this to be a big year um, to continue the success of last year. And it's just kind of been, it's just been kind of a dud. I feel like in general, students are kind of checked out to the season now. You know, that we're essentially out of bowl eligibility, barring 
um, a five-win team gets in there and our APR allows us to get in. But um, I think I think the pulse is kind of low. You know, it's, it's November. It's cold. I don't think people are necessarily, you know, aching to get out in the cold to watch Northwestern play football, especially if we can't produce on offense. So here's a question for you. If the Bears and the Wildcats played, who would score first and who would score the most? I mean, that's, that's, that's a good question. I, I, I really couldn't give you an answer. Now. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming the Bears. I mean, I mean, you know, for the Bears' sake, I hope it'd be the Bears. But you know, that's 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 a really good question. Would Would Pat Fitzgerald take Mitch Trubisky as his quarterback? I, I, I don't I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't take him as my quarterback. I, I'd probably take I'd probably work with Hunter Johnson to see what we can get out of him. Um, but no, I, I have no I had no idea what Pat Fitzgerald would do in that situation. <laughs> I, I would I would I would tend to agree with you on that. And as, as a Bears fan, I'm I'm uh, I'm past the point of fed up. But anyway, that, that's for another that's for another podcast. So I mean, what uh, what you know what what did Pat Fitzgerald say about Purdue? Kind of what you know as, as he looks at Purdue's team. Uh, got a new, you know, they're going to have a new quarterback, uh, new starter this week. But just kind of, what was his overall thoughts of of Purdue, and where where does he see maybe the the challenges that uh, Purdue's going to present to his team on Saturday? I think I think he sees a lot of similarities in Purdue and Northwestern when it comes to the injuries and the problems they've been going through throughout the season. Um, I think that um, that they, they he just he really just wants to focus on this week, one week at a time, and just trying to build for next season. Um, I think that he, you know, he obviously has a lot of respects for um, for Purdue and what they produced in the past couple of years, but also understands there's a lot of similarities in terms of the injuries. Um, and I think he also was very impressed with the game against Nebraska and you know how resilient they were, especially late in that ball game. So um, I think Northwest would be ready to play. I think Pat Fitzgerald is very excited about the opportunity. So you know, as as they look ahead to 2020, what on the roster is coming back that gives uh, gives them uh, a lot of promise that this will be a one-year blip and that uh, things things will turn around next year? I mean, they're returning the bulk of their roster. They are losing Joe Gaziano, who is, like, you know, the, 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 the leader of the defensive line. Um, you know, he, he, he's approaching Northwestern's career sack record to be number one all time, so they're definitely going to miss him. Um, and they are also... They're all, they also could lose Patty Fisher, who's been a really good, really good linebacker for Northwestern. He's getting some draft buzz, um, but we'll, that remains to be seen whether he returns. Um, but other than that, the bulk of the the bulk of the team returns. So I think just a year of experience and understanding how this year went um, could be, you know, could be beneficial for Northwestern moving forward. Uh, and I think you know having another year under their belts and getting healthy could could bode well for the next year. Has he talked about any potential changes offensively? From a scheme standpoint, or what they need to do differently um, uh, going into next season, I think you know when it, when it comes to the coaching staff. I mean, obviously on offense, think something has to change, um, especially when your offense is dead last in the country. Um, but Fitzgerald said, you know, initially during the season, he was saying that you know he was going to leave things at the end of the season and then decide from there. But you know, now he's being a little bit more open about the fact that you know changes do need to be do have to be made, and they'll, they'll look and assess it. Look everything i think he's more open about the fact that there are a lot of problems and that things need to be fixed okay uh so a couple personal questions for you just uh, uh how did you um you know why did you go to northwestern was it because of the journalism school or um and why uh, the question i like to ask is why are you getting in this business when it's shrinking so much <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, you know, so so North so I did go to Northwestern for the journalism school. It's one of the you know one of the one of the best in the country, and I wanted to you know learn from the best. Um, and you know work at work at the Daily Northwestern and really improve my improve my journalism and writing. Um, I just love journalism for the through the for the ability um to to tell stories um, about people that you know don't get talked about or often forgotten about. Um, and I, I just enjoy the opportunity to, to learn about people and where they come from, their backgrounds, and what makes them so unique. Um, so yeah, journalism is, is shrinking, but I, just, I, I love the art of storytelling, and I just love, I think journalism is a great outlet for me to do that. Are, are you looking at uh, staying in sports as you after you graduate and, and move on, or uh, you know, are you leaving everything kind of open to, to pursue whatever avenue uh, is there? I mean, ideally, I'd love to do sports. Uh, I, I love cover, covering this team, uh, despite how bad they are. Um, and I, I love covering, you know, sports in general. But I'm, I'm open to doing whatever. Um, I, I, you know, I don't want to limit myself to one area. I feel like I can do a lot. And I feel like I've learned how to do a lot through my time here at, uh, at Northwestern. And that's, you know, one of the reasons that uh, I, when Purdue does play Northwestern over the years, I've always tried to find somebody from the the Daily uh, Northwestern, the student newspaper. Number one, because outside of them, not a lot of people cover uh, Northwestern. But number right. two is it, um, you know, these guys do really good work up there, and you know they're you. they're they're committed to uh, to doing the highest level of work, uh, and while learning to do the work at, at the same time. And it's always uh, to me, it's always been uh, fascinating to get to talk with. Uh, you know, whoever we, you know, whoever I can find for the, for that week to, to talk about it and learn a little bit, little bit of backstory of why why they're getting into the business and you know what they hope to do. And I'm I'm glad Andrew uh, shared some of his uh, personal thoughts on that uh, uh, right now. And I, you know, I, I appreciate you doing that. And uh, what other sports have you covered up there? So I've covered um, I've covered everything from basketball to field hockey to volleyball. Um, you know, being a sports editor kind of you know involves you know covering whatever sports we need to cover for that for that day. Um, but the main things I've covered are basketball. Um, I covered a lot of softball my freshman year. Uh, my freshman year here, um, and and men's soccer was the other sport that I covered a lot last year. So those those were kind of the main ones that I know pretty well. Well, Andrew, one day I may be working for you. You never know. <laughs> Although I'm getting up there in age, so I don't know how long I'll survive uh, being in this business. But uh, Andrew Golden, uh, sports editor of the Daily Northwestern, kind enough to carve out some time from his classes today to talk about uh, the Wildcats and also kind of look ahead to Saturday's game between uh, Purdue and Northwestern. Uh, Andrew, once again, uh, appreciate your time. Thank you very much and look forward to seeing you on Saturday. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Have a good one. We uh, appreciate Andrew joining us uh, once again for the uh, uh, podcast to get an update on Northwestern and where the Wildcats are at heading into into Saturday's game. Uh, Update on uh, Purdue's situation after a week of practice as uh, record this on uh, Wednesday night. Uh, Really nothing new from an injury standpoint that uh, we've been able to see uh, at practice, uh, probably no Jared Sparks, uh, Cornell Jones probably uh, out, as Jeff Brom said, on uh, Monday. Uh, and as you know, Jack Plummer uh, underwent, uh, scheduled to undergo surgery either Tuesday or Wednesday on the broken ankle. Uh, that will put him out for the year, and that leaves Aiden O'Connell as uh, your starting quarterback for Saturday. Uh, kind of a 
it'll be a, it'll it'll be a, a neat story for Aiden because uh, he grew up in uh, Lincolnshire, Illinois, about forty minutes from Evanston. Uh, played at Stevenson High School. Uh, he'll have a lot of family and friends there uh, on Saturday. Probably the family members were already planning to go, but uh, probably a few more people uh, are going to make the trek over to, to Ryan Field uh, to watch uh, Aiden uh, get his first start uh, as a as a quarterback uh, for Purdue. Uh, something none of us uh, saw coming at the beginning of the year, but the the rash of injuries uh, have uh, have whittled away at the position where your depth chart now in the quarterback room is Aiden O'Connell, Paul Perferi, and Danny Carrillo. And if you had told me at the beginning of the year that would be the case, I would not have believed you and told you you're nuts and uh, you needed to get uh, an evaluation that that would happen. But in this injury, in this injury riddled season, this is what has happened. And we've seen a lot of new faces, probably a lot of uh, faces that we didn't think we would see this year. You know, of course, George Karloft was going to play. David Bell was going to play. Jalen Graham was going to play. And there were some other freshmen that, you knew would uh, see the field, Milton Wright being one of them. Uh, so uh, those, those names uh, you knew, but uh, you know, and Aiden O'Connell's not a freshman. He's been he's been in the program a couple years. Paul Perry is a true freshman. Uh, so I, I am I am kind of curious what happens uh, with with Saturday, not just from a game standpoint, but how do, how does Jeff Brom call this game now? Uh, because he, he, you know, he has said that O'Connell's not the the runner that Jack Plummer and Elijah Sindelar are. Uh, so how do you how do you manage that, but also protect O'Connell and protect your quarterback position? Uh, and we're past the point of, a, of of talking about the redshirt situation because Purdue has three games left. If somehow they get to a bowl, they would have a fourth game. So the redshirt rule really doesn't come into play. So you're not really worried about playing Paul Perferi, but you know what, you know, Paul Perferi has been running the scout team, uh, for, for Purdue, uh, all the way up through last week. Uh, and he hasn't been really going through Purdue's offense from a, you know, physical standpoint, he's been running the other team's offense. So you, you wonder how much he can do if, if Purdue needs to go to another quarterback, uh, on Saturday or, uh, in a couple weeks against Wisconsin and uh, against Indiana. Now he'll he, he he was running Purdue's offense this week, uh, probably more than he ever has, and so th- that's that's a big question. And you, you've got to protect Aiden O'Connell because, in, along with protecting Aiden O'Connell, you protect the position. So I'm just kind of curious how uh, Brom calls this game, and I don't, I don't think he's going to put his quarterback in a lot of danger. And Aiden O'Connell has to understand the risk, understanding getting out of bounds, understanding getting down, uh, because he has to protect the position as well, along with protecting himself. Uh, does that mean Purdue hands it off all the time? No, I, you know, I, uh, that's not going to happen. But it's just one of those sidebars to this game and to the rest of the season of how how they manage this. You know, once you get to the IU game, a little bit of it is off, but not completely. Uh but it's just it's just going to be interesting to see because you just cannot, you know, you you cannot afford another injury at that position if you you have any desire to win some games coming up uh, here in the in the month of November. Uh, other things to watch uh, for Saturday, you know, Northwestern's defense is 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 really good, and I you know I know they gave up a bunch of points to Ohio State. Everybody gives up uh, gives up a bunch of points to Ohio State. Uh, 
but you know they held Iowa to twenty, and you know Iowa kind of plays a field position game, and Kurt Ferentz doesn't take a lot of chances once he gets a lead, so it's not. You know, that's probably not uncommon. But, you know, I think the defensive front and their linebackers are really good and they're going to cause Purdue some problems. You know, I think Purdue, excuse me, Purdue's probably going to struggle to to move the ball consistently uh, against this group. And this will be a nice test and kind of a measuring stick for the offensive line to, to kind of see where it's at once all those changes uh, were made after the Penn State game uh, where you injected Sam Garman at center uh, you know, Eric Miller at tackle and you, you know, Will Bramble's also playing some tackle. Yeah. McCann, you know, exclusively playing guard and, you know, Grant Herman's was always going to play the, the left tackle spot. And then Mark Stickford playing guard. You know, this has been, this has been the, the core group, uh, over the last month or so. And, you know, not that these other games haven't been big tests for him, but this one I, I think is probably a bigger test more so than Nebraska, even though Nebraska had a lot of size up there. They didn't seem to have a lot of want to, uh, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, so, you know, uh, Purdue was able to to kind of handle them and, and, and manage that and get get some blocks and uh, open up some holes for King DeRue. But in this game, I you know I think this is a defensive line and a group of linebackers that really gets after it, and you know this is going to, to me it's going to be a big test uh, for the offensive line, and then for Purdue defensively, um, you, you just cannot give up any big plays, and not that Northwestern has produced a lot of big plays, you, you just can't give you you just can't give them any life because this is an offense that is basically uh, is is dormant. And, you know, it's like the winter months have come in. It, it, it killed the growing season. And there's just absolutely no way that um, anything can come to life out of this. But if you give them a big play or you give them a series of penalties, uh, you make some mistakes, you miss tackles, uh, you're not lined up, all those things can lead to some confidence for a struggling offense and then boom, you know, they, they get in the end zone, they have, you know, they get a boost of energy and they remember what it's like to get in the end zone and they want to do it again. So I think it's really important for Purdue's defense to kind of set that tone early, make some plays in the backfield. And I think they've made quite a few the last couple games, 15 tackles for loss uh, the last two games. You know, I think that defensive line and that linebacker group really has to not let them get anything established on the ground and then, you know, force them to, to put the ball in the air. As, as Andrew said, they've had some struggles throwing the ball. They've, they've had some injuries at the position. Uh, their quarterbacks have, have been ineffective uh, most of the year, uh, and Purdue just cannot give them any life. They can't give them any opening. And, you know, I think if, if the defense does that, if they get some three and outs early or if they get, you know, if they force some punts, you know, I, I think that they will. their confidence is going to continue to grow, and they have played better uh, since the second half of the Penn State. Yes, they've given up some plays, and, you know, Nebraska's game went back and forth uh, in the fourth quarter, and they, they gave up some chunk plays. They were really good on third down until the fourth quarter, uh, where I think Nebraska was 5-for-5 five five on third down after starting 1-for-10. Uh, so it's a, it's a defense, I think, that has grown, uh, growing up a little bit. I think they're a little bit more mature than what they were at the beginning of the year, in part because some of the younger players are, are you know, this is going to be game, uh, what, game 10 for them 
so they, they've just kind of gained that experience, and they've, they've been settling on a rotation at the defensive line for several games now. They know Lorenzo Neal's not coming back. You know, they've known that for a while, that he you know he's not going to play again this year. So, uh, you, know, I, you know, I think they've done a good job. They seem to, to keep progressing, and I, you know, I think Derek Barnes and George Karloftis have had really good years. And, you know, if they keep Derek Barnes at that position going into 2020, you know, then you've got Karloftis and Barnes as bookends, and I, I think they can be pretty good anchors for that defensive line. You still need to fill some gaps uh, on the defensive line. You've get, you'll have a lot of guys coming back and a lot of guys getting experience, but I think they're missing that one nose guard defensive tackle type player that is kind of that playmaker. You know, you need somebody to, somebody to make up for Lorenzo Neal. Uh, and you thought you were going to have him this year, and you didn't. Uh, he's been a big missing piece to what to what this defense, uh, you know, has has been able to do and not do. And I, you know, and I think uh, if if Purdue can scour the the graduate transfer market and find uh, someone to to step in and play immediately, that that gives uh, you know your Anthony Watts's and your Lorenzo or Lawrence Johnsons. Uh, a little bit more freedom uh, to move around and, and make some plays. Uh, you know, I think uh, you know, I think that defensive line is going to has a chance to be pretty good. There's a lot of other holes that need to be filled. We've talked about it. We've we've written about it on the offensive line and then the linebackers. But you know, we'll save that uh, more in depth for another day. So we'll have Purdue and Northwestern on Saturday from Evanston. I'll be up there uh, covering the game. Uh, we'll have a post game uh, podcast afterward. Uh, Sam King. Uh, uh, the other sports writer here at the Journal and Career will be covering the basketball game against Texas that tips at seven o'clock. So you can follow Sam uh, for all the, all that coverage, and I'll have uh, I'll have coverage at jconline.com uh, along with uh, the Twitter machine uh, from from Evanston starting at uh, noon Eastern time. Appreciate you stopping by, stopping by. Uh, subscribe to the podcast. You know how to do it. Uh, because you're listening right now, tell your friends and your neighbors, even tell your enemies uh, about it because we, we'd appreciate uh, uh, a lot more traffic and a lot more people checking in about what's going on uh, with uh, Purdue football, Purdue basketball, Purdue athletics in general. And uh, we, we, we appreciate your sports or your support. Uh, until uh, after uh, the game on Saturday, uh, we, uh, thanks, for, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll be back then.